Welcome to the first episode of Make It Make Sense with Tommy Sojourner Campbell. I am so excited to be presenting this podcast. Uh, it's amazing. And, uh, you know, what a, what a way to start with Black History, Black Present, and Black Futures Month. Uh, today, I want to talk about reimagining how you show up at work. For so many of us, the workplace is where we spend a majority of our time, uh, away from family, friends, and sometimes the things that we love. And I've been thinking a lot about how we show up at work, how we show up in spaces, and how we teach people to treat us. So I wanted to share some thoughts with you, and I'm hoping at some point, as we move along this podcast journey together, if you feel inspired and want to share a story, be a part of the podcast, join me in, and we can uh, have a dialogue. You can always reach out to me at Tommy, and the email address is info at tomysojourner.com. But let me get into why we're here today and what I want to talk about. So I thought I'd offer 10 tips on reimagining how you show up at work. So the first tip is calling in your joy. I can't tell you how many people I speak to on a regular basis who get frustrated and talk about not feeling joyful at work or in their lives, and just wanting a moment where they can just laugh, smile, feel a sense of kindness. And uh, so for me, in the work that I do, I mainly work by myself. I work as a consultant, and there are many times that the type of work I do, I need to really be serious and uh, dealing with issues, sometimes some crisis and difficult topics and subject matter. And I, I've been thinking most recently, how do I impact my my life in general, and particularly, how do I call in my joy? And for me, calling in joy looks like this. It's listening to house music when I'm designing a full day course or a webinar. And that might be Honey Dijon or any number of different artists in that I, uh, you know, I enjoy listening to. It may be taking an opportunity to pull a card from an affirmation deck that I've been um, so blessed and been given by my lovely spouse in Jerry. And um, also looking at, is there something that I want to have as a, as a treat in my day, whether it's a, making myself a nice non-alcoholic co cocktail, whatever it might be, it's, it's something that sparks joy in my heart and my spirit. And, and I think if you can, wherever you work in the world, whatever you do for a living, uh, finding some way to bring in that joy is so important. The second tip I'd say is make your environment make sense to you. I've been in the workforce for a very long time. I started working when I was 12 years old and uh, selling ice cream out of a, a little truck. For some of you who are familiar being born in a decade back in the time, you might have heard the little dingling bells of the frosty bike or the uh, Mr. Frosty or the seal test bikes in your neighborhood if you grew up in certain urban communities in Ontario. And uh, I was one of those folks. I was 12 years old on my bike. And um, what I realized as a as literally a child uh, doing an adult's job is that for me to make sense of the environment that I was in, I had to ensure that I had, you know, safety protocols in place. This was a time before cell phones. So I didn't have the luxury of a smartphone in my pocket or a flip phone even in my pocket. 
I had a quarter in my pocket. Yes, that's when um, you could find pay booths all around the town. This is really <laughs> uh, dating me, but that's okay. That's a fine. That's fine. I'm here. I'm honored to be alive in its wall at this time. And I certainly was honored to be alive at that time. And I lived in Ottawa and I would bike around Ottawa from Tooney's Pasture to Parliament Hill. And that was my my little jaunt and through what it was known at the time. And I still believe it's known uh, as Little Italy and all the places and spaces in between. So, you know, I had a, a team of, of 12, 13 year olds and we'd bike together from different competitive ice cream places. And half the time, I think we just ate most of our ice cream and got paid like $10 for an entire day. But I, uh, now I've gone down that rabbit hole. I'm going to come back and say, how did, how did we also make our environment make sense to us at the time? And me in particular was is surrounding myself with the things that I need in order to thrive in a space. So for those of you in the working world where you're working hard, you're in office spaces where you may be the only person who comes from a historically marginalized community and there's a piece of home and I leave that open to your interpretation. Uh, whatever home feels like and looks like to you where you feel safe and you, you feel uh, included, I would say bring that in. And that might be something that you don't necessarily wear or wear on top of your clothing, but it might be something you wear close to your heart. Uh, sometimes I, wear, I have a you know, beautiful crystal pendant that I'll wear and, um, or stones or, or anything like that. Uh, essence, you know, if you have something like um, any kind of oils that work for you, that bring you joy when you smell them, anything that changes your environment so that your senses can feel and kind of connected to your environment, a picture, an image, colors, um, all of that, I, I think it's a really important part of making that that space your own and making it make sense because I'll just share another quick story about my own journey in uh, when I worked for a municipality. And um, I was one of those cubicle folks. And for, for those of you who work in cubicles, uh, no shade, but I cannot thrive in a working environment where it's open and there's a lot of noise. It really bothers me. So what I had to do was I, I enlisted the help of some earbuds and for some folks who are uh, in, a, in a similar positions, for me, earbuds really saved my workday. I was able to listen to some music. I would continue to, in fact, I worked better uh, and more productively when I had my earbuds on, or I would seek out spaces in the office that were quiet where I could close the door. And what I will plug for this piece is if you're working in an environment and you're a manager or you're a coworker or somebody who puts on headphones, goes and finds a quiet space to work, and you are thinking that they're being um, antisocial or they're just not a part of the team, I would really invite you to rethink about what you think a team looks like. I, by being open to how people learn and how people process information, it's a really good plan to just say, you know what? If you're going to bring your authentic self to work, we're going to create an environment for you to be able to do that. And if you wear headphones and that means that you're in a better place to do your work, we welcome that. So I share that with you because the environment I was at at the time in that employer, it wasn't welcomed. And, and sadly, it was seen more of a um, that I wasn't connecting with the people in the workspace. And it was a far from that. In fact, 
doing using my headphones and other things helped me survive that space that was not built for me. So another thing that uh, would be helpful, tip number three, is teach people how to treat you. This is something in my many decades on the planet, I'm still learning um, to process and to implement. And, uh, you know, it's very difficult sometimes to know or believe that you should be treated with kindness and with care. And whether it's a client, whether it's a, an employer, whether it's, you know, your, your service provider, it's really whatever you do in this world, I think it's important for people to treat you with things that, affir that affirm your humanity. And uh, so, you know, teaching people how to treat you is important. And I know that I've learned these lessons from my spouse who I've mentioned uh, a little bit earlier. Fourth tip would be to honor your expertise. You'll go into spaces where you might be invited to the table, but in fact, what they didn't tell you is like they just want you to be silent and not speak uh, and not contribute your vast wisdom, your professional and personal insights uh, and just be there. And because uh, it might look good optically, but I would I would really invite you to honor your expertise. If you work in an environment where you're developing content and people in higher senior positions are taking credit for your ideas and not giving you your due, give yourself your due. If you know that you designed a proposal that is changing and transforming your workplace, service delivery, a systems change, a process change, a protocol change, I invite you. In fact, I challenge you to go to wherever you can, whether you can afford a card or a plaque and get a plaque made and said, I did this and take a photograph. And remember, because one of the things I will share with you is as you age and you don't, if you don't document and archive your own journey, you'll forget. And, and sometimes there will be nobody there to remind you. And when you have those moments where you feel that you're not enough or you feel that you're just people don't see you, don't hear you, they take your ideas and run with them and you get no respect and, and recognition. Those are the moments where you can turn around and look at the, the plaque that you've put up or the card that you sent to yourself in the mail or just a handwritten, even something on a napkin saying something beautiful and affirming about what you know and your, your knowledge base. It goes a long way. Um, I can share that with you as well. Five, tip five, care for your heart. That is a big one. Uh, what I will say is if there's any kind of modality that you use, whether it's, you know, uh, touching your, your two hands together to affirm and reground, whatever speaks to you, whatever is comfortable. Sometimes when I'm dealing with some really challenging matters or, you know, supporting my clients and, and having a challenging day or helping them through an emotionally challenging time, I will just oftentimes put my hand on my heart and just slightly rub again, like my hand against my chest. Take a deep breath and make sure that I feel, come to a, a place of centering and then move forward. And that, that has helped me certainly. And I think I've, I've, I've asked people to do that for themselves. And that works. That might be something that works for you. You might want to do something else. But hopefully, bottom line is that you take care of your heart. Tip six. This one's interesting. Um, basically goes back to what I've already said, which is drop in some tunes or vibes that allow you to reground. 
often we are in spaces and places, whether at work and or in in other areas, where we feel that we don't we don't belong. We don't we're not connected. So I I say drop a vibe, listen to something, sing along, hum your favorite song. I am I personally am the type of person that. When I listen to a, whether it's a Beyonce song or some kind of house music, I forget the lyrics right after I've heard them. So I just make it up as I go along. And I would invite you to do the same thing. Okay, tape seven. Um, for the professionals who are curating, you know, think about the professionals who are curating your work journey for more than 20 years. So I've, uh, I'm almost on the 30th year of my journey uh, around, if I take from starting at 12 years old, and then we move up there and you can do the math. Um, you think about, you know, and I would ask you, how how are you generating opportunities where none currently exist? For, for those of us who move in marginalized spaces, we may not be given the same breaks or the same opportunities that other folks are getting, but then think about where you are and where you want to be and, and imagine and reimagine in fact, how you generate your opportunities particularly if there's none that exists and, and you if there's something that you want to achieve and look around and how uh, a few people have reminded me is what are the systems that you're creating for the ideas that you want to achieve and bring into this world. Now we have three more points before I end this episode. I would like to say that these are the three points I think are most interesting if you just want to look at your own journey. So Tip eight would be map out how you respond to changes in your work environment. Often our work environments are changing so rapidly, even if they feel mundane and you do the same thing over and over and over and over again. Each time you do something over again, something has changed. We're never the same the second that we we, we produce energy, right? That that's We're constantly changing. So check out and map out how you respond to changes in your work environment. I think that's really important when you're looking at workplace cultural shifts or if you're a part of something that's shifting, transitioning, and you, you're you not quite sure what that feeling is inside, that visceral response, that anger, that rage, that sadness, those tears, uh, that joy, that laughter. Take Give yourself some space and reflect and see what, what comes out for you. And mapping is also a really good process uh, for those of us who, you know, move on to the next thing and forget, we can see where we've we've been, where we are, and where we're going to. The last two pieces, the last two tips I would share is honor your contributions to your workplace. Again, similar to the tip above, we talk about tip four, honor your expertise. It's really important that you honor your contributions and making sure that other people honor your contributions in whatever way you can. I know that it's not always easy, especially if the systems are set up that, you know, your your voice may not be readily documented in the, the form or the, the video or whatever it's put out, but find some way to honor your contribution. And then lastly, give yourself space to just pause, reflect, act, and evaluate. I think it's so important and and work environments to consider, you know, there's a lot going on and sometimes you just need to pause and reflect before you act and then you evaluate or reevaluate how you responded. I would say this in particular for me in my work is when I'm dealing with 
people who are in crisis or in difficult conversations around systemic racism or intersectional forms of racism and, and other forms of exclusion. And the visceral response is people are coming, they're defensive, they're angry, they're sad, and we just speak or act out without really giving ourselves the pause we need before we respond. And so I encourage you to pause, reflect, act, and then evaluate those responses and those actions. Well, that is it for this podcast. And I'm uh, so grateful for those of you who've listened and taken the time. There will be another episode coming and uh, when it comes, <laughs> be there when it, be, when it shows up. So until next time, make it make sense with Tommy Sojourner Campbell.